Good morning, everyone. It is New Year's Eve, Saturday, December 31st, 2022. This is our 284th show of the year. That's 3,600 minutes of podcasts. And just FYI, this is our 761st podcast. Today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just go over some of the biggest stories of the year. Some things that we experienced throughout 2022. And at the end, give you my hopes, not predictions, but hopes for 2023. Let's get started. Let's go back to the beginning of this year. And this year has been absolutely insane, as you'll see here very shortly. We started the year with Bitcoin over $46,000. It closed January at around 34. The total market cap at the beginning of this year was about $2.2 trillion. FTX was valued at $32 billion, and that's after two funding rounds, a Series B for $420 million and a Series C for $400 million. FTX.US closed its own $400 million Series A funding round on January 26, 2022, which valued FTX.US at $8 billion. That means Sam Bankman-Fried, at the beginning of this year, had a $40 billion company between FTX.com and FTXUS. Seemed like a pretty legit business. So legit, in fact, Paradigm, Lightspeed Ventures, Temasek, SoftBank, Tiger Global, and even the Ontario's Teachers Pension Plan all gave to FTX. Back in January, OpenSea was breaking $5 billion a month in trading volume between Ethereum and Polygon. It's down to $253 million as of November. Marching on in the year, we hit February 8th. That's when things started to get kind of weird. The Department of Justice announced the seizure of $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin linked to the infamous hacking incident at Bitfinex. And who was holding it? Razzlecon, a YouTube rapper, kinda, and her boyfriend, Ilya Liechtenstein. On March 9th, President Biden had enough of the executive branch not, I guess, getting along with each other. So he decided to sign an executive order ensuring the responsible development of digital assets the first whole-of-government approach to regulating the cryptocurrency industry. Nothing has come of this yet. But at the same time, European Parliament's Committee on Economic and Monetary Affairs passed the Market and Crypto Assets Regulation Act, which, like Biden's bill, aimed to coordinate the EU's regulatory approach to the crypto industry. In a separate move, but at the same time, the EU Parliament voted to impose regulatory measures that would essentially prohibit anonymous crypto transactions. Moving into May, things got very turbulent. Luna went tits up, wiped out $40 billion of investors' money in a week's time, shrinking the combined market cap of all of the cryptocurrency space by almost $700 billion. Luna was in the top 10 on CoinMarketCap, but it fell 100% to a fraction of a cent. Its UST algorithmic stablecoin, that was supposed to be holding one-to-one with the US dollar, bottomed out at 13 cents. 
The community, they didn't want to take the L, so they approved the relaunch of the project, which was called Terra 2.0. The older Collapse Network continued to exist as Terra Classic. Now we can't forget, Three Arrows Capital at the same time collapsed, and BitMEX, FTX, Deribit all had exposure. Voyager Digital, they revealed a $661 million exposure to Three Arrows Capital. These systemic conditions, these systemic spiral, started to make its way into every aspect of the crypto space. So then we started seeing high-profile crypto firms lay off their workforce. From Gemini, Crypto.com, Coinbase, and several companies in Latin America. Now let's take it back a couple months. As of April 1st of 2022, Bitcoin was still trading at $47,000. The total crypto market cap was $2.15 trillion. However, because of all these systemic issues, by the end of June, Bitcoin was just above $20,000. And the market cap, $860 billion. This was the worst quarterly performance for Bitcoin since Q3 of 2011. In Q3 2011, Bitcoin plummeted 66.62%. And in the middle of all this, on June 18th, Bitcoin went below $18,000. It's actually below $18,000 today. But Ethereum also went below $900. April 25th, Twitter's board accepted Elon Musk's $44 billion bid to buy Twitter. And in July, Tesla sold 75% of its Bitcoin holdings, or $936 million worth. However, after its sale, it was still holding $222 million worth of digital assets. We're going to find out really soon if they're still hodling. By July 2nd, Three Arrows Capital filed Chapter 15 bankruptcy. Voyager, as we already said, had $661 million of exposure to Three Arrows Capital, became the next high-profile crypto firm to file for bankruptcy on July 6th. Followed then by Celsius, filed for Chapter 11 on July 14th. On July 21st, the SEC claimed that Coinbase had at least nine cryptocurrencies listed that were unregistered securities. Those were AMP, Rally, DDX, XYO, Rari Governance Token, LCX, Power Ledger, DFX Finance, and CROM. It was August 8th that sanctions from the United States government were passed down on Tornado Cash, and the source code of the mixing service, the Ethereum mixing service, was removed from GitHub. Shortly after, a suspected developer of Tornado Cash was arrested in the Netherlands. Now, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom in this. This year was not the best for crypto. But there was August 15th. And that's when Ethereum transitioned from proof of work to proof of stake. And it had a reported reduction of 99.95% in energy consumption. And a 90% cut in ETH issuance. Yet something happened on November 19th that I think is super strange, and I think that we all think is super strange. The SEC said some crazy shit, and it claims that all Ethereum transactions fall under U.S. jurisdiction. Basically, what they said is, if a transaction was validated by the network of nodes on the Ethereum blockchain, which are clustered more densely in the United States than any other country, that means that the transactions took place in the United States. Therefore, they fall under the jurisdiction of the United States. It was November 23rd when the new New York governor, Kathy Holchel, she passed a law prohibiting permits from being issued for two years to proof-of-work cryptocurrency mining operations that were operated through electric generating facilities that use carbon-based fuel. And also, by the end of November, 
in what I think is a very underreported news story, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust reached almost a 50% discount by the end of November. Grayscale, basically their long-term plan is to turn Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into the first Bitcoin ETF. However, they've been battling the SEC because the SEC will not grant them the ETF. And they're suing the regulator over their refusal to greenlight the ETF. And the final big news of this year was FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, Caroline Ellison, Gary Wong, and the whole crew in the penthouse went down in flames. We don't need to go into that. We get it. We've been hearing about it every day for the past couple weeks. Now, I know, I know, this year's recaps of all the news wasn't too pretty. There was some good news in there. But to be honest with you, it was all dwarfed by the downturn of the market, high inflation, raising interest rates, collapsing companies, and the systemic issues within the crypto industry. And so, to be perfectly honest with you, 2022 was not a good year for the industry. Don't think I'm trying to FUD the market. Don't think I'm trying to throw out FUD. 2020, 2021 was great. 2022 was not so great. However, here are my hopes for 2023. Look, I'm not making any predictions because, to be honest, I wouldn't have predicted anything in 2022. I wouldn't have predicted FTX. I wouldn't have predicted BlockFi, Voyager, Celsius. I wouldn't have predicted anything in 2022. Not to mention, I could have never predicted some of the political and geopolitical issues that popped up in 2022. The overturning of Roe vs. Wade, the results of the midterm elections, China's COVID lockdowns, and the reopening of China, as well as Russia and Ukraine. So I am not going to try to predict 2023. So I will tell you my hopes for 2023. What I hope for is that we work toward a better future. The reason I started following this tech is simple. There's tech out there and ideas out there that make systems more efficient while allowing everyone to participate in new ways while bringing new opportunities. Throughout this year, I want everybody to note that Bitcoin has proven to be one of the only cryptos outside of the noise, the drama, the FUD, the scams. It just keeps on moving forward, block by block, sat by sat, doing exactly what it always said it would do, be a peer-to-peer electronic cash system, we could put that in asterisks because we could define that differently. Put Lightning Network in there, maybe. And to be a system with limited supply. With the rest of the space, I hope that we can get more good actors in it. I hope that the money doesn't continue to cloud the ethical judgment and that the space takes a harder line on helping good actors and calling out the bad. I hope that the ideas are not lost to big business or corporations. I hope that regulations don't stifle ideas and that those ideas are able to thrive. I hope that true life-advancing products and solutions are made for the average person and not just for the connected or the wealthy. I would love to see decentralized power grid solutions. I would love to see permissioned digital IDs so no one can control my data. I would love to see voting on the blockchain. And what I would really hope and love to see is for everybody to take the time and remember the ethos of crypto, what its aspirations are and what it can be. With that collective knowledge, we can together move forward with a mutual goal and make sure the industry lives up to it. And if you haven't done so yet, please read the Bitcoin white paper. Anyway, those are my hopes for 2023. They're not too lofty. I hope we can achieve them. Happy New Year to everyone. 
and happy hodling into 2023. I'll see you next year.